0: Welcome, everyone, to the latest greatest episode of the Network Age. I am Mitchell Ritson, here, as always, with my handsome co-host Hapsel Rigner. Hapsel, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, thanks.
0: Yeah, you're doing great. Uh, crypto is mooning. Everything uh, we've been working for over the past few years has come to pass. And for everyone out there listening and, and watching their coin rise, you're welcome. We did it. Congratulations. It's over. Yeah, and uh, we'll I'll expect my percentage of your rise in the mail, so uh, mm. just just send that to us whenever you got a sec. And uh, well, if you have if you have coins in the market, then this is the right guest for you, because shortly we are going to be joined by none other than Crypto Twitter's most famous coin hero, Spreak. Spreak will be joining us, so we're really excited to have him.
1: Yeah, that's right. We're going to be talking about uh, famous hacks, infamous hacks, rugs, sushi chef, what else? Um, where does Bitchel tattoo his seed phrase? Yeah, Everything. He's going to be so exciting. you are
0: got to gotta get deep into the episode to, to get to that <laughs> uh, secret. Information. Yeah, I mean, Spreak is is most known for his on-chain monitoring, and he has has quite literally saved people millions of dollars by stopping hacks either in their tracks or warning people when there's um, an issue. So this is a, a really great get for us. We're really excited to talk to Spreak, and uh, you know, there's there's gonna be there's gonna be great information about how to keep your your fucking wallets and coins safe that. If you're anything like me, you're gonna not follow, and when you get when you do get rugged, it's you're gonna be like, ah, oh, fuck! Should <laughs> really, should have, really, should have listened uh, on that episode, and we can we can share that misery together. So uh, if you're if you're ready for the for the goddamn episode of a lifetime, just uh, stay right there, keep your headphones on, and we'll be back in, in just a couple seconds with streak. All right, and welcome back. We are now joined by a man who needs no introduction if you are a DGen, Twitter, crypto head Spreak, Welcome. Thank you so much for for joining us on the Network Age.
2: Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, and, and we're we're glad to have you cuz I I think you know, it's not a huge exaggeration to say you are a uh, a bit of a legend in the space. Uh, you know, you not only have a big following and community on, on Twitter, but do a lot of the, the Lord's work doing on chain monitoring and I, I guess what some might call some white hack, I guess not not hacking, but <laughs> stopping hackers, uh, pointing out the flaws in, in some chains and saving perhaps quite literally millions of, of dollars for people. So it, would it be, would you say that you're a hero? Do you use that word when you describe yourself? <laughs>
2: Uh, definitely not but some people have um, which is always nice to hear but
0: do you do you have like a a fan base or people people send you thank yous or you know do women worshiping at your feet because of all that you've done for the community
2: (laughs) sadly none of the latter but um, (laughs) definitely some people have messaged me to say like hey thanks thanks for your word i got this i got out in time
0: yeah thanks the, for
2: warning me not to go into this chain or this DeFi <laughs> app that got hacked later on so yeah we get also the, some the, people saying like oh thanks for saving me from generational wealth on solana or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah well all of that too we get all the same messages for the podcast we get you know th- oh thank god for this podcast we you, oh, you yeah. changed my life uh, yeah, we've
1: saved we've saved so many people
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: From darkness,
0: it, I I'm not exaggerating when I say you know say that it's it's cool to talk to you because almost everyone else in this space uh, does does nothing kind of we we talk a lot and and um, there's very few consequences to it but I think some of your work has had real tangible uh, impact on individuals <laughs> you know which is awesome I don't know I don't get that feeling very often in my in my daily life.
2: Yeah, definitely. Although, uh, honestly, to me, it always feels like I'm not doing very much. And like, it's, it's very like, low key what I do. So it's sort of a weird contrast there.
1: What, how did you get started doing on-chain monitoring and saving people's, saving people's, you know, livelihood, more or less?
2: Yeah, sure. So I was a big DeFi summer yield farming Let's back. go.
1: Let's talk about I, this.
2: I know you guys were <laughs> as well. So we'll You you should have been
1: there to stuff. save me is is the, is the Yeah,
0: exactly. Where were you?
2: Yeah, unfortunately, like back then I was getting rugged along with everybody mm-hmm. else. Yeah, and so, bonded in blood. Yeah. So sort of like I think at some point in mid twenty twenty one, I'm like, wait a minute, do we really have to all get rugged in this stuff? Like can we there was another option about it? Yeah. <laughs> And so at first the idea was like, okay, let's just watch for suspicious things going on. So we can say, okay, th- this, this dab just got hacked or this, this contract looks sketchy or whatever. And, you know, at first, like, I, I honestly didn't think it would really be very effective. Like I thought, okay, maybe we'll catch some people like two hours after the fact but actually, in a lot of cases, we've been able to catch a hack like while it's still being prepared, and in a few cases, we've actually stopped the hack entirely, which is really cool. Sort of like yeah. a minority report on the blockchain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you uh, Tom Cruise or the uh, the little like AI? But- are they AI? They're, they're Gene edited
1: they're... freak that lived in the pool. I think. Is what it <laughs> yeah, was. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going with that one. i no account Cruise, That's for sure.
1: We <laughs> were talking about uh, DeFi Summer. What were some of the like highlights? Do you, can you think of anything that was or lowlights or lowlights yeah, of of DeFi Summer?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess for me, it actually started like back in 2019 with the very first yield farm, which was this. Like synthetics, sETH slash ETH pool, which I think was that they, they were the first ones to come up with like the deposit your LP tokens in this contract, and you'll get inflation rewards in return. So that was pretty interesting. And,
1: and this actually worked. I mean, yeah, it wasn't amazingly,
2: a rug. and nobody got rugged. Oh, nice, wow. Nice. So, and actually, that contract is still forked pretty often. Like that ends the sushi master chef are like the two major no oh, there we go
0: hmm
2: two major farming contracts. speaking, speaking of low times. lights many many times yeah yeah and so but I then think we all have sushi got in into, common yeah once we got into 2020 and sort of the mania around it um obviously there was compound which was sort of the first really mainstream one
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then wi fi <laughs> <laughs> Actually, interesting story about Wi-Fi was I come, I came across the contract like right after it was deployed and I was thinking about depositing. I had like my my hand over the send transaction button. I'm like, eh, let me look at this contract a little bit more. I'll do it in a few hours.
0: <laughs> and
2: mm. I didn't get around to it until the next day. And I think that like had I deposited, I would have gotten like hundreds of Wi-Fi. <laughs>
0: and what
1: they they, how how much are they going for now because i can remember at one point it was like was it tens of thousands of dollars am i thinking of the right one yeah
2: it it was it was like i think the all-time high was 80k Um, nice (laughs) so yeah another generation of wealth fumbled by me many such cases
0: well you know as you said you've you've fumbled more generational wealth than most men will you know imagine in a lifetime or something
1: won't even see the football yeah Yeah. exactly
0: yeah yeah i mean what is crypto but a giant charlie brown cartoon you know (laughs) where yeah (laughs) we're just we're just kicking at the football over and over again and 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 lucy is promising us our shit coin will moon or something
1: that was it's a really good arc that you just did on that metaphor
0: Thank you. Well, uh, Charlie Brown is. is uh, uh, I was just about to dox myself. Uh, Charlie Brown is geographically important to me for some reason. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows why? So, once you started getting into. I guess the one question is, and many of us, it's easy to lose money in crypto. Let's say that. We've all been there. It's easy. Yes. Anybody could do it. It's not special. I don't know. And no one, it's not special to lose money in crypto. It takes some actual skill to. Uh, stop money being stolen. You you have to look at a contract. You have to you know have some knowledge of the blockchain and, and computer programming. It doesn't just happen on its on its own. So did you? Are you? What is your technical um, interest in this? How did you come to have that that knowledge? Because it's it's not trivial. To you gave me a block a, a contract. I couldn't do anything with it.
2: Yeah, sure. So actually, my my academic background, let's say, is. In math and statistics. Um, Previously, I was a PhD student in statistics. I ended up dropping out to do crypto. Uh, Many such cases. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so I'm sort of like what you would call a script kitty. Like I can sort of program, but you know I'm definitely not what you would call like a computer scientist or a or a dev, let's say. But just from the experience of operating on chain for this many years, you sort of pick up what you need in terms of solidity and um, in terms of being able to read a contract enough. But again, like I'm actually not like, not like what you would call fluid in solidity or anything. So a lot of what I do is just uh, strictly monitoring. Like I don't do audits or like deploy white hat contracts or whatever. So
0: when you're monitoring, um, what do you look for? What are the telltale signs here? You know, you're sitting there at your, your seismograph. How do you know the earthquake is coming?
2: Yeah, so I think that sort of the the most common pattern for a malicious activity or malicious hack is it looks something like this new account receives money from tornado or Fixed float or one of these other like no KYC, low KYC, sketchy sources. Uh, and then they use that and bridge some money around potentially or just deploy a contract. And sort of that's like the most common pattern that you see like 90 to 95% of the time. And... The interesting part is obviously a contract is visible on the blockchain. You can see sort of what it does, what other contracts it references in its bytecode. And when you look at that, you sort of can see like, okay, like, is this a Uniswap shit coin that's being deployed? Which is definitely by far the most common type mm-hmm. of thing that these malicious actors will do is, you know, they deploy Keck or. <laughs> whatever new meme coin they're going to rug in five minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. So you sort of have to filter those out and learn to identify those. But then there are others that are like, okay, we're going to call a flash load. We're going to (laughs) deploy, we're going to deploy like 20 different new contracts inside of this contract. We're going to go after like various different DeFi Contracts and like when when you see like a really, really long contract that does flash loads, it does all this stuff like that, then the alarm bells are like going off. And what exactly is a flash load? Sure. So, a flash load is something offered by various DeFi lenders. And the way it works is you can take as much money out from them as you want, but you have to give it all back in the same transaction or in the same block. So You can say, give me a billion dollars and you can have it, but you have to give back the billion dollars right away. So you can't actually- What's the
1: legitimate use case for them?
2: So typically it's used for arbitrage, for example. Like it certainly makes markets more efficient because if you can flash loan something, you don't necessarily have to hold inventory of it to um, perform an arbitrage trade. You can just sort of like, make the trades, take the profit, give the principal back. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And then the malicious actors are using them in what way?
2: So the most typical way is by manipulating the price of something. So a lot of DeFi protocols sort of have this assumption built in that like, when they make a trade, the trade is at like a correct price, like at the market price. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times what gets people rugged is that somewhere in their contracts, there's a public function that anyone can call and it causes a trade to be made via the protocol. So the protocol sells ETH for DAI, let's say, and the assumption is, okay, well we'll sell ETH for DAI. We'll get back, you know, roughly the ETH price and DAI, everything will be great. But what happens if somebody flash loans a billion dollars, sells all of the ETH into the pool, makes ETH worth nothing and then makes the protocol sell ETH for nothing and then afterwards they repay the loan and run off with all the money.
1: Well from a from a code is law, I mean this is this sounds legitimate to me. Let's do it.
2: Yeah, code is law, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean this was I was wondering uh you know, if all your is this a case of you have done so much crime fighting? And now you have an inner work, inner knowledge of the workings of the seedy underbelly of crypto, and we kind of have to watch out for you. Like, do you do you have too much knowledge now? Are you dangerous? Um,
2: I think that if I ever got my hands on like how to do Solidity properly, you might have to watch out. So <laughs> we I've have to we have to keep you away that. from
0: yeah yeah too much <laughs> too much away power. Keep
2: you Solidity one hundred one, or else you may end up with <laughs> yeah this does make me all over the place.
1: Yeah. This does make me it kind of, kind of makes me wonder if this is a, if this is a knowable thing, but is there like a geographic hotspot for doing shady stuff?
0: Whoa. <laughs> no, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you know, no, no, no. There, there are good, it's, good
1: and bad people everywhere, but I'm, I'm just interested. No, it's, it,
0: it's an interesting
2: question. Well, can we, can we go with North Korea? <laughs> Cause that's definitely the biggest hotspot.
0: Really? Oh, wow. That's cool.
2: I I think that, I think that North Korea does like very specific kinds of hacks, like mostly mostly private key related hacks where they do social engineering. Like amazingly, they're like masters at social engineering. Whereas the more like technical smart contract hacks usually aren't North Korea. I would say like
1: social engineering being like, like getting somebody's keys by you know. Using yeah, you you said, honey potter or something like,
2: hey, I've got a job <laughs> offer for you. Uh, open right. this PDF, right. and it'll tell you exactly how much money we're going to give you in salary. And then you open the PDF, and all your apes are gone.
1: Well, they have an abundance, a super abundance of beautiful North Korean women who could just be out there, you know, honey, you know, being a honey pot for hapless crypto wealthy is, people.
0: Is this something that you know that we that we got to work? How many? How, what I'm trying to wonder is how many women in my life are after uh, are after my crypto? After my They're crypto. all after your
1: money, man. <laughs> Every <laughs> woman in your too, life is after your money. Too
0: bad, too bad they, they don't know how badly I've been rugged. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's not very much for them to get. You got
1: taken <laughs> by some North Korean chick already. It's done. <laughs>
0: yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good luck unwinding all of my random yield farms and random different <laughs> blockchains. Like you'll never find it all.
0: Yeah. Look, babe. If you learn Solidity, it's yours. You, know, <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> um, I guess this is is I kind of something. This is you are to a degree like a, a public face or or public no face in in the crypto public trust piece. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, people people know the 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 name Spreak rings on the streets as they say um do does that ever put you in any weird situations i don't know where you feel like you have to be skeptical of of people reaching out to you or um like people making assumptions about your wealth and trying to because you're a crypto forward person and, and treating you in some way or i i just always find the interaction of like someone who has like a a public persona in this space, where so much money is moving around, it could be like a delicate and confusing thing.
2: Yeah, so I actually haven't had much experiences like that. I, I tend to not share very much about like wealth or trading or whatever. Mm-hmm. I try to keep it light on my Twitter, so I think that helps. Like, I think that people that post like their PNL screenshots all the time, or like them posing in Lambos they, or whatever, they, they
0: want to get honey putted
2: yeah yeah
0: but i
1: do sometimes
0: doesn't yeah
2: i got somebody with like very broken english in my dms uh, pretending or maybe potentially actually being a uh member of a vc funds that was like we want to offer you a job on our research team And i was like okay why don't you attach a picture of Kim Jong un with a funny mustache and I'll get back to you <laughs> And yeah. they ghosted me, so I don't know what that means, but Yeah.
0: Well this is this is, you know, like the the issue is one day there's gonna be a, a real Nigerian prince out there who's been who's yeah. who's been left <laughs> in the dust. Yeah. Just waiting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, it's the Nigerian prince who cried wolf. Problem for this guy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's, he's desperate to get his gold out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all he wants is one generous person to reward with all his his national riches. No, oh, uh, he can't, he can't get it. <laughs> this,
1: is, this is this is sad.
0: Yeah. Well, have you uh, like on Twitter? I guess like, cause my understanding, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is is your works, your great works have sort of collected some, um, some interest and and you have a, a there's a community of people who uh, do the same sort of work that you do, who are, who like do this on-chain monitoring and that you, um, uh, I don't know, talk and interact with uh, around this stuff. Like, has, is that a, I guess, is that, is that true? Do you have like a, a community of people that you're sort of in this work with and then um, B, if that is true, like, was that a, a cool experience to build that community? I guess I, I I could be talking out my ass here, but that's my understanding.
2: Yeah, so you're right. Actually, there were a bunch of people I worked with. Um, somebody wrote most of the code for me that actually does the monitoring. So he doesn't want to be named or else I would name him, but it's sort of a group of like combination of DGENs, some founders, um, some security researchers. So it's sort of a cool mix of different skill sets and different people. Um, A lot of times I end up taking credit for them because I'm the one with the most Twitter followers, but they should get some of the credit too, except they don't want it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Not all, not all heroes um, wear capes or even, I don't know. I, I guess it, I, I couldn't finish my metaphor there. I ran out of steam. But I, I do think that uh, maybe there, there's something pure about that. About It's just, just a sort of pure goodness for the... Or, or either for protecting people or for the love of the game. You know, you get in there. Do you get a rush? Like, is there a sort of, like you know the 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 drums start in the background and the techno music is playing, and you're typing really quick, and like there's you know thirty seconds before you can you know save this contract from executing or something like that and your your heart is pounding
2: yeah it's it's always i mean exciting is sort of the wrong word because people are losing a bunch of money potentially, but it definitely is a rush, and
1: oh it's and exciting when it's other people's money
2: yeah upside for you yes,
1: yeah. Yes. I mean the Schadenfreude is great because you know it used to be me, right? Like this this time, you next time, me for sure.
2: If if there's a project that I don't like, it it does sometimes give me some Schadenfreude mm-hmm. like, Celsius and Luna, I definitely felt um, <laughs> definitely felt some vindication when mm-hmm. they blew up because I had been complaining about them for a long, long time.
1: Now, this wasn't like this was this was economic complaints, right? The way that they I, yes. I mean, I'm assuming the the way that they structured their protocol economically.
2: I mean, Celsius also got rugged by on chain stuff, but
1: but Luna Luna was just poor economics. R- if Luna I Luna
2: was just pure economics, yeah,
1: yeah, that was th- I, I mean, in that case, I'm just lucky because I know nothing about economics, so like, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have yeah. been rugged simply because some very simple economic concept escaped my grasp. Oh, there was one, there was one that we were talking about offline, which was the Bancor situation. Uh, mm. That was just me not being well enough informed about the ways that you, you can get wrecked because like the people seem, the people who run Bancor seem like decent people, you know, and and up like uh, attempting to be upstanding citizens and they just put together a really, economically unsound package, which was the, you know, the impermanent loss protection insurance, which it turns out doesn't really work out if you're protecting your asset with the asset or whatever. And yeah, that yeah. doesn't
2: work. I, it, it's kind of like <laughs> it, they say there's no such thing as a free lunch. Well, Banker was kind of like, we have free lunches. No one else is giving free lunches. <laughs> Come get your free lunches here. That's a great platform many free lunches though. as you can get.
1: Yeah. No, that I get why that was, people
0: would go for it.
1: Yeah. Well, no, and and I went for it, and the reason that I went for it really was because some people that I respected in, respected in um, the DeFi space were like, yeah, we're gonna go put our. We're this put is your our, problem.
0: You shouldn't don't respect anybody, and then you won't get. And then you won't. Get well, I mean, <laughs> I have
1: to be clear. I have learned not to respect people. Um, yeah. Now, having lost my shirt, uh, a shirt, not my whole shirt uh, collection. One of your shirts. One of my your, shirts. One of, was, one
0: of your two shirts
1: one of my uh one of my wife's shirts, uh in case the IRS is listening. Yeah. Yeah. My wife is a Chinese citizen and she's uh shirtless. nothing to do with she has nothing to do with Sir. Totally separate ends. Don't talk about my wife being shirtless. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> but uh yeah, just
1: in case the IRS is listening, it was my wife's shirt that was lost. And um
0: it's weird. I heard I I checked the demographics, and all of our uh, our all our listens are coming from D.C. I don't know <laughs> what it's about. So we're very popular there.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. That's I think you're actually right. It is a lot coming from D.C., isn't it? This is not good yeah. for me.
0: Uh huh. Um, we get a lot of fan letters from the IRS, you know, say, Oh, great work. You know, we love, we love to listen. Uh, we, 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 we assume put, they're, <laughs> we assume they're fan <laughs> letters. They're Any, yeah. Anytime
1: the IRS uh, sends it, <laughs> we just throw it in the garbage can.
0: The the only mail I get is from IRS agents and uh, beautiful North Korean women. So. Yeah.
1: Some, sometimes the same thing.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, so back to, there was a question in there. I, I, maybe there's a question or a point that I was trying to make, which is that, not every rug is uh, like Luna or Bancor. Not every not every rug is, um, how shall we say, uh, malicious or overtly malicious. Some of them are just incredibly dumb.
2: Yeah, a lot of times it's just economics and just like no such thing as a free lunch coming to mm-hmm. roost. I mean, same thing with Ohm, same thing with a lot of DeFi promises, quote unquote, that end up being just... Oh, we thought we were all going to get rich forever and it turns out that's not the way the world works.
0: Let me let me ask that. Do you, um it's it's no longer DeFi summer. It's uh it's the cool uh cool angry winter of our of our DeFi discontent? discontent. Yeah, thank yeah, you. you nice. Um
1: little Richard III for people.
0: Yeah, uh ever heard of him? He's yeah, big crypto guy, Richard the Third. He's yeah. um he's made a lot there. I do we have a chance of coming back to um defi or other coining without the rugging D- like do is there optimism for stuff that works that isn't dangerous on the horizon or is or is this just what it's going to be and we're going to it's going to be a rugging cycle all the way down forever
2: yeah so i think that i think that things are getting slightly better but in terms of smart contract security i think we still just haven't figured much out like smart contracts are still very insecure and i don't really trust any of them like completely
1: do you think there exists is there a future in which in which they're like really secure
2: Yes, I think so. I mean, I think that a good analogy is sort of like airplanes in the nineteen fifties were crashing all the time, like constantly. There were huge fatality rates and now really? they're just like completely safe.
0: Compared I to th- that. I don't
2: think I really Compar- knew that about I feel I, like I, I, I all compared airplanes in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Everyone's just like smoking cigarettes and being glamorous and just getting exploded out of the sky. <laughs>
1: All the time, uh, yeah. Like this, well, because the CIA was doing it, just like the Hindenburg.
0: Mm, yeah, I've heard that. Um, they got the well, they got the
1: CIA like under control on the plane issue, is what I'm saying. Sure.
0: Yeah. Um. So, I guess Mitchell, d-
1: you're trying yeah. to change the subject, but Alex okay, Jones, okay. Alex Jones was just allowed back on Twitter, and so this stuff is is now.
0: I guess I, can, I just wasn't. I can say this was, stuff now. It wasn't that I wasn't. I just wasn't quite getting the joke. I think say whatever you want.
1: There's no joke, man. This is true. The CIA.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Do your research. Do your research. I'm yeah. Sorry. This is why I'm always getting. Look, <laughs> don't
1: come on this podcast not knowing that the CIA was doing planes in the 50s. Yeah,
0: that's my bad. This, the yeah. The CIA is doing all the crypto scams. The CIA is uh, is writing us letters as North Korean women. Yeah. Um, It's It's, all, it's all coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm wondering, are you still, uh, investing money into, into coins? (laughs) Like, I guess, is this, is this something that you feel like passed you by and there was a moment that was exciting and interesting and you were playing the market or are you sort of now mostly have your, your, your good guy hat on and are sitting out the opportunities for generational wealth that are constantly coming on and missing out on?
2: Well, first of all, I would say that I've always been missing out on generational.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: But second, I think that I've definitely cut back on like the number of DeGen transactions I do. I mean, part of it's just that there's less opportunities now than there was at the height of the bull market. But also I think that like, I just sort of got tired and, <laughs> and I, I couldn't keep track of all of the new various rugs coming out. Mm hmm. Um, but I, I do buy some shit coins from time to time. I I still partake occasionally, so not yeah, you completely. Can't, can't quit nice it. get in the game. Yeah. I'm trying to think
1: of like what was the dumbest. What was the dumbest sounding coin that any like my dumbest coin I think was there was like a what's that what's that game that all the the Koreans play uh, Starcraft. There was a Starcraft themed coin that. Was supposed to invest in like solar and uh different kinds of energy for, for Ethereum mining, right? That's good, yeah. And I thought, so it's
2: like I, pylon finance, or oh my
1: god, he actually knows what I'm talking about,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I put That's the money- mark of a true hero, yeah, for real. Uh, this, this is an educated man, um, yes, it was pylon. Uh, and I know
2: my esoteric rugs. Nice.
1: Yeah, that was my that was my best and most esoteric rug was Pylon Finance. Um, it wasn't a rug. Uh, it wasn't a rug. It was just like a, one of those ridiculous. Dumb. Like everybody's farming, and while farming, the price go up, its price go up, right? But then once they're done farming, it, the the real price of this asset uh, comes to be in the world, imminentizes, and. um when that happens, you know it went from like four hundred dollars to a pennies pennies probably.
0: Where did did you Where did you get out?
1: Uh, pennies.
0: <laughs> That's too bad. You really would hope to get out on the other side of it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have said it was my dumbest. Tra- Otherwise, we'd be talking about the glorious pylon finance instead of mm-hmm. this dumb protocol that uh, you know used StarCraft as a theme. So
0: I. I think I had the virtue of being a little bit too lazy and dumb to have gotten rugged that many times. Like if I had been a little bit quicker and acted on my impulses, I would have gotten rugged so many more times. Cause I just, I was always on the verge of uh, like spending too much money on some shit coin. And I was like, oh, I'd, I'd have to go find my MetaMask password. I'm not sure where I I'd put it right now, whatever I'll, I'll miss this generational wealth. And then I, um, And I missed both the wealth and the the crash. So I I think that ended up being like, okay, for me in the end, like I was saved by just being so lazy that I couldn't capitalize on my terrible impulses most of the time.
1: Well, you know, we, you, you may recall, there's another one. We were all talking about sushi. Like we all got Mm -hmm. sort of like involved or screwed by sushi. I I did
0: get, I did lose some sushi. (laughs)
1: i uh, so I was in sushi before the chef decided that he was gonna steal all of the phones like several- just like days before i mean i had done it I had done it somewhat before, but then I bought more i think uh, i mean my wife bought more i think <laughs> a few days before before the sushi chef, whoever he was, um rugged the whole community by stealing what was it the developer fund And then, you know, Sam Bankman. It was a
2: really tiny amount, like, by today's standards. Like, it would barely even be. I think
1: it was like a million dollars. Yeah. yeah. It
2: it wasn't much. But, like you know, at least compared to like, oh, 600 million stolen. Or FTX collapses with 8 billion.
0: Imagine how awesome you would feel stealing 600 million. You would just be such a high. That would be so safe. Like, Ocean's 11 on steroids.
1: Can you get away with it though? I mean, I don't. Clearly not, because Sam Bankman Freed, with his dead shark eyes, wasn't able to well, do.
0: Because because Spreak is here to find you.
1: That's yeah, true. But it, the the point of that bringing that up was that that was like the moment that you know I I got a bad taste for Sam Bankman Freed because you know he swept in like the hero and talked the sushi chef sushi 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 chef out of doing his evil deeds and was like crypto's hero and was crypto's hero several more times because i can remember he bailed other people out but uh i always just saw a an opportunist who was like sweeping in to like take over a protocol or maybe he even you know maybe he was the sushi chef who knows but you know people were really like were were like uh, applauding this guy with with dead eyes you know and I could, I could, I could always like for years. I was talking about how horrible this guy was, just based on um, vibes, you know. Just how
0: come you didn't do anything about it?
1: No, I did. I talked like it, I, I have no platform, you know. <laughs> I, I'm not a. I don't have tons of crypto followers, but wherever I could say that I thought he was the devil, I did. And it turned out he was the devil. So you know, I've got good instincts.
2: Yeah, I, I think that. Anybody that was like super deep in DeFi summer probably didn't have the best view of SBF because not mm-hmm. only was there sushi, but there also was this Balancer economic exploit, let's say, where this was right after Balancer released their token and started doing liquidity mining rewards. And the way it worked was they used like an off-chain price via CoinGecko or something to calculate the TVL in each pool, and then they would award balancer proportionally to how much was in each pool. And so what SBF and Alameda did was they took one of their FTX shape coins that was like such and such bull or such and such bear token that nobody used. They had like zero volume and they just minted a ton of it. And then raised the price on CoinGecko by trading with themselves. And then they deposited like hundreds of millions or billions of this worthless token into a balancer pool. And thereby they monopolized the balancer payouts. And SBF, of course, came out with a tweet thread about how it was all justified because code is law. And you need to have better incentives if you want a better outcome.
1: Well, that's working out really well for him.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Spreak, what do you think is your your biggest win? That could be either, you know, like some, some coin you got, right? Or like the 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 hack you stopped you feel most proud of? Or just um, what, what really got your blood boiling in a positive way?
2: Yeah, so I think that probably stopping hacks is my biggest win just like what makes me feel the best i I can't necessarily point to a single one Mm -hmm. um i would say that we did stop some rari exploits that were in progress Uh, unfortunately i can't quite take credit for that because then like a month later they got fully rugged for all their money (laughs) so
0: uh it's always around the corner
2: yeah we did try to stop the second one but we weren't in time, um, so the first one like it doesn't quite feel as good because, <laughs> it only shifted which attacker got all the money. But,
1: we'll we'll just pretend that he's a good guy. He's doing it for orphans. Yes. Yes. The other guy was gonna was gonna kill puppies, but this guy was giving money to orphans.
0: Yeah, the or- orphans need that cash. I guess I don't know. When I think about all of this, I I try to think about where crypto theoretically is going, right? Most people got into crypto to get rich. Like, that's just the the case of it. Most people got in because they saw a number go up and thought maybe number go up for me. And I think that even people who come in from the development side, you know, if if we're being honest, most of them want that same outcome. It's a different path to number go up for me. I build something and there's potential here for this, you know, uh, insane exponential growth. It's possible to, if I build the right thing and get the right timing, have just generate a, a you know, a, a tulip bulb style frenzy that I'm able to to exit with. And I, I wonder. This goes a little bit to the question earlier about is is any change on the horizon? But does is there something inherently flawed about the token model that? means that it's almost impossible to build real products or in real infrastructure when the prospect of this type of dizzying wealth always feels around the corner are we are we ever going to get people who stick to their guns like uh, on a principal level or is will we ever have a product that doesn't get corrupted by people who want to change even real projects into into coins that can moon
2: Honestly, we've been more successful than you might think in terms of having real projects that don't eventually morph into rugs. I mean, honestly like a lot of the DeFi 1.0 that's much maligned, uh sucked to their guns, the token price went horribly down, but they didn't go full Ponzi mode. I mean, there was a time when, you know, Twitter was a buzz with DeFi DeFi 2.0 and they were in the governance forums everywhere saying, you know, you need to become more like Luna or, (laughs) or like, Ohm. And for the most part, I would say that the stuff that had real product, real products, mostly avoided the temptation. And I think that part of that is like the people that came up in the bear market of 2018 to 19, like there was no dizzying wealth that was Mm -hmm. (laughs) on the horizon back then. I mean, there was, possible jail time and possible sec coming after you, but you know, <laughs> you just swap, like they couldn't even find anybody to fund them. Like paradigm was like the only ones.
0: What do you have any projects that like, not necessarily from like a coin go up perspective, like that you feel particularly attracted to or believe are acting the correct way in the space. And you sort of believe in long-term as a, as a pillar of, I don't know this. Whatever this community is,
2: yeah, I I would have said Uniswap, but I I don't know these days. Like it's 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 really tough because I really like the Uniswap product, and I really like most of what they've done. I just don't like the token, and I don't like the totally separate entities, and I don't like the I don't like the grifting, basically,
0: but. So if you know if it's a if you just remove X and Y and Z and every change everything about it, then you'd love it.
2: Well, I, I don't know if I'd say that because it's like the product is legitimately very good, and it's pretty much what every crypto app should aspire to be, in my opinion. Immutable, you know, no potential to rug offers a very useful service that millions of people have used. That's sort of like the the ideal, but I just wish they didn't have to go down this very dark path of tokens and totally separate entities and came in foundations and whatever. But
1: I want to change the topic slightly and, and ask when you're doing one of these, like, uh, or when you see a hack happening, what do you consider when you think about like reporting this publicly?
2: Sure. So there's, a lot that goes into it. It's definitely a big ethical question always. My general view is that there's sort of a presumption to know. Like one of the reasons why we like blockchains is that they're open, that anybody can look at the data, that random chess pieces like me can like call out like, hey, you lost all the money. Like that's one of the core benefits in my view, as opposed to something that's op opaque and that nobody can really tell besides the very insiders. I mean, think of FTX or Celsius or whatever, where nobody could really say like, oh, they lost all the money. Like you could suspect, but you wouldn't know. They could have some wallet somewhere with billions of dollars that you just didn't know about. Whereas in DeFi, like we can know. And I think in general, we should know. But of course there are some exceptions. Like I tend to think that if the hack has already happened it definitely is in the public's interest to know sometimes i'll let the team know ahead of time so they can sort of like come up with a calm strategy or whatever uh especially if like there's nothing anyone can do at that point like it doesn't it doesn't hurt to wait a bit but if it's like there's still some money vulnerable then it can help people to get out Like. With this Kyber hack that recently happened, there were a bunch of people that messaged me or tweeted me and said they managed to withdraw before their money got stolen, which I think sort of shows the benefit of sharing publicly sometimes. The the
1: downside being with public sharing being that occasionally you get copycats?
2: Yeah. So there was this hack in August, 2022 of the nomad bridge, which I think it had like 200 million in assets and it was primarily assets bridge to, I think, Moonbeam and Evmos. And I tweeted about that, like just a few minutes after it happened. And I mean, part of the reason why I tweeted about it was I legitimately wasn't sure whether it was a hack or not, or what was going on. And... Yeah, I think in hindsight, I maybe would have done it differently. But what ended up happening was it was, it was a hack. But it was a very like rudimentary, simple hack to execute, where anybody that wanted to copy this attacker could just like copy paste his transaction and replace it in their own address. And I think that I mean, first of all, I don't really know why the original attacker didn't just steal all the money right away because he could have. <laughs> so that was weird. But then it sort of turned into this like slow motion trade wreck of like hundreds of copycats coming in right. and copying the transactions and the money like slowly bleeding away from the bridge.
1: Yeah. Just watching it, nothing you can do.
2: Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, a bunch of white hats did come in. So it wasn't totally a loss. Like, I think potentially if I didn't say anything, then, you know, or if nobody noticed at all, then the original attacker may uh, right. have walked away with all the money once they figured out what they were doing.
1: <laughs> so when you say white hats, you mean, you mean some other, some other copycats who are like securing the money somewhere to give back?
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I think they ended up getting back like a quarter of the money or something like that. Right. So, and that was partially from people that intended to be white hats and also partially from people that were like, Hey, this guy's committing a felony. That looks cool. I should do that at my public ENS.
1: And then going, <laughs> Hey, actually, just kidding, guys. I'm i I'm a white hat too. Yes.
2: I've <laughs> always been a white hat, I swear. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not I only pull that the money the back because some nice men from mm-hmm. the FBI called.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I do that like a pick, like a pickpocket. That's person, a great. I wonder if catches me. I just wanted to point out that you're that you're securing your wallet incorrectly.
1: <laughs> I I wonder what this like statute of limitations on on saying you're a white hat is. Like, I I think you know if I if I could steal the money and then not mention it until somebody catches me, you know, that's that's mm-hmm. potentially uh, a good route for the hackers.
2: Yeah. Well, in America in America, you might get charged even if you were intending to be a white hat from the very beginning. Oh,
1: okay. Well...
2: In France, apparently, you can just say, oh, I was a white hat. Right. <laughs> and apparently that gets you off.
0: <laughs> okay. Good to know. I'm thinking, thinking of this the... Vigilantism is just discouraged. That's so sure. French. Yes. You know? Yes.
2: I, I think... I, I just imagine the French judge like picturing a... Like mob of people rioting and being like, "Yep, <laughs> that's France."
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I was. Uh, I, I mean, I, go ahead.
1: Sorry, no, I have. So, you mentioned that You have a, a team. Uh, is there remuneration in this? I mean, I, I guess that you can do if you you could do like bug bounties, so to speak. Um, I'm sure there are bounties for like, you know, finding. Uh, big economic problems or big contract bugs or uh things that people could ex- exploit is that
2: yeah yeah so we do get some bug bounties um some of our members at least like i personally will take bug bounties uh some of the other unnamed members are notorious for they will not accept anybody <laughs> but they
1: just do it for the for the love of it or
2: for for the love of the game i guess right. I, I don't. i don't know god but- bless
1: you uh couldn't be me but i mean
2: that's sort of been like a disagreement among the group because Uh like you know obviously like potentially the bull market you go to some vcs with this idea and they would be like okay here take 200 million (laughs) dollars uh
1: some idea to like protect contracts or or what yeah
2: i mean if you look at like some of the like infrastructure vc deals that have happened right like, potentially it could have been a big vc funded company but that wasn't really the direction we wanted to go um which i i think is good because
0: well uh, is, is, is
1: maybe somebody will make a tv a show equivalent... about you
2: yeah
0: in the future yeah is there a equivalent of like a a uh, yeah dark vc funded hackers like some some hacker goes look i've got the big score and uh, there's someone out there. I guess this is what like the, just the North Korean government who, who's like, yeah, you know, I, I, who's funding these, um, you know, these young go-getters, these young go-getter hackers. Are they doing it all themselves. Well, I
2: think the interesting thing about DeFi hacks is that you really don't need much capital in general because of flash loans, and because you can do everything mm-hmm. atomically in one transaction. Typically, like you may only need like. I don't know a few thousand dollars to deploy contracts and pay gas and whatever. So, in some sense, it's like an equal opportunity crime zone.
0: That's nice. That is nice. Yeah, don't want to reserve crime for the rich. No.
1: Okay, so we've talked about we've talked about getting rugged and getting hacked. What well, I there's a couple couple of uh, questions that I have in regard to sort of how we can stay safe. And so I guess what I'll ask then is, is what advice do you have, A, for blockchain developers to enhance security? And B, uh, what are the personal security uh, measures that I should be taking to keep my money safe?
2: Yeah, sure. So let's start with the developers. I think that the first thing to do is just to have like a security based mindset to always be thinking like, what if this is wrong? What if, what if what I'm doing has a flaw and sort of build in, build in safeguards, build in backups. I think that sort of like the airplane analogy from earlier, it kind of makes sense to have a similar mindset to where you have redundancies where you have, like, even if one engine goes down, the plane can still keep flying these days. So in DeFi, like, even if the Oracle price is wrong, you should be able to recover, ideally, especially if it's only, like, a limited time that the Oracle price is wrong for. Um, If there's, if, like, your re-entrancy check fails for some reason, ideally all the money shouldn't just disappear right away. I think that that's sort of the thing that gets lost the most in DeFi development, I think, because a lot of people are working on this highly constrained environment on Ethereum mainnet where every line of unoptimized code is going to cost users more money. So there's a huge trade-off and I understand that. Um, But also I see like the same sort of mistakes being made on L2s, on Alt-L1s on Solana, on whatever, where they're taking this like hyper optimization mindset into a space that shouldn't be optimized necessarily. It should be redundant. It should be checking constantly to make sure nothing's going wrong. You know, I think that, I think that, that that's the sort of thing that is the most missing, but also I just want to point out all of the like best practices that people have been doing, like getting audits. You know, having bug bounties, having substantial bug bounties relative to your TVL, relative to your project. Um, obviously, if you're a smaller project, you may not be able to pay as much as the wormholes or whatever of the world. But also, you know, there are some projects where they have a hundred million TVL, and the bug bounty for a critical is five k. And it's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Like obviously if you're a black hat or somebody that's like gray hat that is deciding whether or not to rug, then five K isn't gonna do it for you. And if you're a white hat looking for projects to look into the code base more, then you're not gonna bother for five K. Right. So
1: And so what about um what about me personally? What should I be doing to like protect myself just all around all the all the security measures I ought to be taking?
2: Yeah, sure. So I think the first and most important one is keeping your private keys safe. I know it's obvious and everyone in crypto probably knows that by now, but the best first step is to get a hardware wallet. So I personally have a Trezor and a Ledger and a Lattice, and I like them all. They all sort of have different strengths and weaknesses. So sort of look into which one is best for you, but any of those will work. Um,
1: kind of a, a silly question, maybe. Like, if I'm, I'm using mine through, say, MetaMask, is that okay? Should I be like sandboxing and using different browsers for different things, that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah, sure. So, MetaMask in general is fine. I personally would say that for security purposes, Rabby or Frame is a little bit better than MetaMask currently.
1: Uh, Rabby, that- R A B I, is it?
2: R. R-A-B-B-Y.
1: R-A-B-B-Y, okay. I'll check that one out.
2: Yes, so that that's a pretty good one. Also, frame.
1: I mean, so I'm like actually using board. my Trezor, uh, using it through MetaMask. So I'm using a hardware wallet, but using MetaMask Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
2: obviously, if you're using a hardware wallet, it's important to connect the hardware wallet and do not enter your seed phrase right. into MetaMask or into anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is groundbreaking info, but a lot of people do mess that up. And if you're using a hardware what? wallet, you should never ever have to enter your seed phrase in. So if a wallet or a website is asking for it, just don't enter it. I got my <laughs> seed phrase tattooed on
0: me.
1: Mitchell said he got it tattooed on himself, but I'm gonna claim that it's somewhere no one will ever see it.
0: <laughs> so. No, but they need it they yeah. need it to do the transaction. <laughs> They so they said.
1: Yeah, the safest the safest possible location for it. <laughs> uh yeah, but, sorry. But
2: yeah, on the topic of seed phrases, is, is obviously you'll want to have some place to safely store it in case that you know your hardware wallet breaks or something happens to you and your family needs to recover it or whatever. Again, good luck to my family if they ever have to recover my money. Um uh, yeah,
0: there's you you're replacing one set of problems for another, which are uh one you know, I just think about things like I don't know if I have it written down, like a fire. I don't know. And the second problem is, how am I going to teach my fiance to use crypto? That's maybe even more difficult than any other problem that we've got.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so I think that <laughs> I think that well, first of all, it can help to separate your seed phrase. Um, so you use Shamir secret sharing potentially, or use one of these providers that will like help you with that um obviously you don't want to give your provider your seed phrase but there are some that help you recover it in like a two of three multi-sig or whatever mm-hmm. type thing um i can recommend casa if people are interested in that uh
1: casa c-a-s-a um,
2: yeah c-a-s-a like they House. primarily do Bitcoin, but they also do some <laughs> Ethereum and EVM, I believe. So,
1: Okay, so moving beyond hardware wallets and not putting your seed phrases in, in weird places, <laughs> uh, what else do we have?
2: Yeah, so the other way you can get rugged if your seed phrase is safe is that you personally sign a transaction that's bad. And I know that like a lot of people listening will be like, "Oh, I would never do that." Um, I always check, or I would never get get fished. But like the reality is, it's very easy to get fished. Like especially in crypto, where FOMO is so big. You know, you see somebody send you a link to claim your airdrop here, and you're like, "Yep, that sounds about right." They're giving me ten thousand dollars. Yep, <laughs> I better sign this transaction right away, or I'm gonna miss out
1: the one that freaks that
2: actually happens like yeah. <laughs> sometimes that's real,
1: yeah, um, the one that freaks me out is like, how do I know I'm on the right front end because you know like if somebody you know, interposes a a a an l for a number one in the u r l or some crazy just, just mm-hmm, as an example, mm-hmm. you know,
2: yeah, so that actually happens quite often. I mean, people will enter in the website URL wrong or they'll go via Google and end up on clicking an ad or clicking something that got SEO to the top, even though it's actually not the the real site. And they end up on a phishing site that either, you know, back in the day, they would just ask you for your seed phrase. And that was nice because it was very obvious that it was a scam. Mm -hmm, (laughs) But these days, uh, unfortunately, hackers have gotten more sophisticated and they have these drainer kits that will try to steal the money out of your wallet without asking for your seed phrase. I mean, my first tip is to be very vigilant about how you get to the front end because the most common way to end up on a rug front end is that you made a mistake somewhere. You clicked a bad link or Mm -hmm. you went through an unsafe route. So what I recommend is, first of all, bookmark every front end you use regularly. You should bookmark it and use the bookmarks to access it. If you're getting to a new site, what I recommend ideally is go via CoinGecko. If they have like a coin that you can search for, like UD or whatever, type in UD. You'll go to the UD token page on CoinGecko and there'll be a link to their website, which is usually also where you can access the front end.
1: Here's where I'm making the mistake because I was using Pornhub as my (laughs) (laughs) tool.
0: This is uh, good practical advice. And I... I know you're right, and I just, I just wonder if I'm gonna listen to you. Like, it, it, just adding in one more step, I'm like thinking about, like, oh damn it, he's right about everything. I gotta do this, and I'm, now I'm yeah, imagining. Yeah, well, I mean, once you step.
2: bookmark it, it's, it's <laughs> fine. Like, it's not even an extra step. Basically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the most important thing is just catch yourself before you Google a, a site or before you like blindly type it in the URL. Or before you like search on Twitter for their name or whatever.
0: Um, I mean, this is I think interesting in general. We're we're talking about coin stuff, but just how good scams have gotten. And I feel like this is a conversation I've been having with the uh, the older people in my life recently, partially about AI, but just I feel like I've had to have conversations lately. Like, it's like, hey, oh yeah, scams are really good now, and you're you have to be really really careful um, about what you're clicking and opening and, and what you believe is is real um and it you know they don't they largely don't have uh crypto wallets to drain but it's it's just the the tools out there are so, so sophisticated um now
2: yeah well i think also sort of what's happened is that because computers have become safer like there's not as many vulnerabilities that just like let you get a virus on your computer by clicking one bad link mm-hmm. sort of scammers have had to become more sophisticated at using social engineering at exploiting like the flaws in google or dns or whatever that are sort of embedded in the background but mm-hmm. that create create issues in terms of scam potential that Back in the day, they wouldn't have to go through all that trouble. They would just say, here, click on this link for porn. Mm-hmm. And then you would we click, all it. click And it they and would
1: have gotten me. And, yeah. yeah, we yeah. all click it.
0: Yeah. Uh would be like, porn? I can't find that anywhere.
1: <laughs> Girls in my area?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, like, I think about, I mean, this is a slight tangent, but like, just with AI stuff, like, you know, I'll play my parents, like, Johnny Cash covering Taylor Swift or something. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. And it'll be like, be like, wow! I didn't know Johnny covered that.
1: <laughs> have you have you done the thing with your with your parents yet? Where you're like, all right, we're gonna have to have a safe word. You know, yeah. I, you know what I mean?
0: I think yeah. did I did I not say this that I had had this conversation with my mom, and she she agreed. She said we need a safe word to know it's actually me. And B, she said we also need a safe word so that when I come back after I'm dead to like haunt you, you know it's me communicating like uh right (laughs) that's that's wise (laughs) which was a transition i was not expecting in that conversation can can these not
1: be the same word well i think think it might have to be like a
0: series of knocks or something i don't know what power she's gonna have Uh, that's true you know
1: Um, yeah teaching your mom binary at this stage is it might be a bit yeah yeah
0: You know, Morse code seems simple. Just you know, Morse out your name. I'll look up Morse code. I guess she'll have to learn Morse before she dies. I don't know if you, you can how much you're allowed to study. This, this is afterlife. getting very
1: complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah do they do they get
2: internet access in the afterlife? <laughs> yeah. Like, you can go on Wikipedia. Yeah. You're. I, I think.
1: I think in the afterlife they have AOL.
0: Yeah. I'm uh, constantly getting yeah. rugged by my mom as a ghost, stealing my C phrase. Get you know yeah. the ghost in the computer. Um, You just have
1: to, I assume it's, it's a dead internet provider. That's why I went mm -hmm. with AOL. Well, for, there's even more dead than that.
0: For, for real, uh, network age heads out there. I, I mentioned this on an episode who fucking knows how long ago. We've been doing this show too long. The, I almost got the shit scammed out of me when I was trying to fix my printer. And, um, you know, I just like Googled Epson help number and called the number. And like, you know, part of the way through the conversation, like they're they're having me download something, all this stuff seems weird. And I'm like, you know, trying to ask questions about why, why it's so sketchy. And they just were like, Hey, look, you called us. And that really (laughs) threw me for a loop here. I was like, fuck, I did call you. Like, I'm the one who, (laughs) I'm the one who initiated this. Like, I don't know. And I feel like that type. I
1: dialed the Nigerian area
0: code. I'm the one. Exactly. I I don't know. It just. It's it's going to be really hard to keep everything straight. Whether it's your – are in crypto is already difficult enough for 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 most people. That you know to to not get rugged. I feel like it's it's maybe just a number game. At some point, you just you hope you're a small enough fish to not have someone come target you because it's it it's happened really to my tough. sister, man. Really,
1: my sister got got. Yeah, she's an intelligent woman, but you know I, she would probably say, you know, I did something stupid, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was whatever it was i don't think it was wildly stupid i think it was something relatively you know intelligent people might do yeah. and they they drained her uh bank account but also got her coinbase really? or they did you know like horrible transactions on her bank account and then drained her coinbase which luckily i think she had sold her little pittance of bitcoin that i had her buy you know years ago but um yeah they drained they drained her coinbase and took her for a ride and, uh, she said it was like the war getting your identity back when somebody steals it. This is really off, off point of like crypto rugging, but getting your identity back when somebody steals it is apparently like a multi-year mm-hmm. horrible process.
0: Yeah. I've heard that. Um, yeah, it just, it just, I feel like they, even if you are someone, uh, Spreak like, and you, you have all these, uh, these safeguards and, and setups that's, you know, that's great. But even, even someone who's really, really careful, if they, someone just gets you at the right moment, when you're like, you you know, you've had a bad day, you're frustrated, you're trying to fix your goddamn printer, and you're just in drinking, you've, you've been, it's 9am, you're three glasses of jacket. Dude,
1: it happened to me. It wasn't 9am, but it happened to me. Like, I, I got euphoric. I got euphoric. I'm, this is just for the kids. You can't out there. get
0: euphoric. You can't ever be I was, happy. I was drinking. I was drinking. I was dancing.
1: I was up. I was up like a thousand percent, and that was the time to sell. And a beautiful uh, North I North Korean Walked fr-
0: into your room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I kept I kept enjoying myself for another couple of hours, and that was when the rug happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought nothing can touch me now. Me and me and rum, nothing can touch us. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, a, str- it's a strong. Yeah, my duo. trick
2: is whenever I get the urge to like get a spreadsheet and like count up my entire net worth that's the time to sell. Yeah. Yeah,
0: That's that's probably wise. (laughs) Yeah. Any, I mean, the, the lesson of, of life and crypto is, is if it's, if it's too good, it is, if it seems too good, it is.
1: Yeah. Um, And anytime you touch your money, do it, you know, sober. mm -hmm. And, and as, that's not when I have my best ideas possible. You know, I, yeah, but write them on a napkin and (laughs) wait 24 hours.
2: Uh Yeah. I mean, in general, that's good advice. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, I can think of like dozens and dozens of times where I followed that advice and then missed generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> feels bad.
0: You know, <laughs> what, you can't, what is it? Is, is generational wealth not the, the friends you make along the way? Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Although realistically, I would have sold before reaching of generational wealth anyway. Yeah. So. That's,
0: that's the other yeah. thing I, I think about is, um, if I, you know, both, uh, Habsel and I work for uh, a company we love called Ukbar. Uh and you know if I, I sometimes think about it, like if this company ever really um, takes off, which I if my boss is listening, I believe it will fully a hundred percent. We're all going to be super rich, yada yada. Uh, but would you would I have the gumption to to hold my ground? You know, and I just don't think I ever would. I think it's impossible for me to really get oh, all the way. You'd to be BIA.
1: like I'm up. A- I'm up ten thousand percent. I have to sell now. A
0: mere ten thousand percent, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you're saying you couldn't make it that far, even.
0: Yeah, it would be tough to. I, I would hedge at it least. It I would hedge along a yeah. the process.
1: Yeah, I can't say what I would do, but uh I mean, for legal reasons, I can't say what I would do.
0: What your wife would do, <laughs> for legal yeah. reasons, mm-hmm.
1: right? I mean, you know, it's all it's all in my wife's name, but yeah. uh, I, I I have found that I'm able to hold. Uh All the way to the top and then back down eighty five percent I'm very good at that so
0: yeah that's good um, Spreek, uh what a joy it has been to to riff with you to learn from you about the ways in which i'm I'm going to lose my money and the ways I can keep my money safe and won't um so uh thanks for for all the work you do and do you want to uh tell the people where they can find you?
2: Yeah, you can find me at twitter.com slash SpreakAway or x.com, but we prefer we Twitter. Prefer, we prefer yeah. Twitter.
0: Uh, and we'll make sure to include that that link in the show notes. So uh, once again, thanks for, thanks for joining us, for laughing with us, for going on this journey. And uh, to everyone out there, loyal listeners, uh, we'll see you next time on The Network Age.
1: Thank you for listening. For more Network Age content, you can find us on Twitter at @networkagepod. We've also got a beautiful new presence online which you can find at slash age Also, find us on Apple or Spotify, leave us a good review, and we may even read it on air. Until next time, this has been the Network Age.